Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Jacob. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. Y'all probably noticed we got a new um, intro for the beginning of the pod. Shoutouts to the GOAT, Michael Biamonte, the Heat's PA announcer, for hooking us up with the new intro. And you'll be hearing that at the start of every new episode. And as always, I do have some guests, so let's meet them. First, we got Mr. Jake Wild. Say what's up to the people, Jake. Yo, yo. What's going on, Heat Nation? You can catch me out on Twitter at Wild Thoughts, E at the end of Wild, at two S's at the end of Thoughts. And then following that, we have Mr. Brian Young from Five Reasons. Say what's up to the people, Brian. What's up, everybody? You can follow me at, at Brian is the King on Twitter. And check out my horror stories, Brian Y97 on Reddit, or look up I Investigate Disturbing Cases. Here are my stories. That's the newest series. So go check that out. And then right after that, we got uh, Miami Flash PE. Say what's up to the people, Flash. What's up, everybody? Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. Follow me and I'll follow you right back. And then after that, we have our female correspondent, Ms. Angelina Martel. Say what's up to the people, Ange. What's going on here, Versa World? It's Angelina Martel. You can follow me on Twitter at Angie Martel with two E's for all your latest Miami Heat updates. And then right after that, we have a special guest. He's known for speaking facts onto the timeline, and he's not afraid to share his opinion with others. Say what's up to the Heat Versa World audience, Mr. Mad Heat fan. Hey, guys. What's up? This is my first time here. You can follow me at the Matt Heat fan. Some of you know me, but yeah, nice to be here. Thank you. All right, so let's get started. So let's talk about yesterday. Like, wow, I don't think we ever seen so much happen yesterday. You know, I know a lot of you guys have a lot of things you want to say, but let's talk about the trades that happened real quick. Let's break it down. So the main packages we saw was Miami traded away, uh, who was it? First, it was Chris Silva and Mo Harkless for 
um, Bielitsa. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name. And then you have, after that, Miami then trading for uh, Victor Oladipo, something I did not expect. I honestly thought we were going to get Kyle Lowry, but I am perfectly fine with Victor Oladipo. Miami goes and gets him, and all it costs was Avery Bradley and um, who was it? Uh, Kelly Olynyk. I'm pretty sure every Heat fan know Kelly Olynyk was in the deal because I do know how a lot of y'all feel about him. But uh, yeah, KO was in the deal and also a draft pick, but who honestly cares about that? So, you know, I, I have a funny story real quick before we, you know, before I ask you guys how you feel about it. So yesterday, um, we were on ColorCast, right? And we were broadcasting our live reactions to everything that was happening. It was uh, me, Angelina, Jake, and Flash, right? So we were all just chilling there. And, you know, we were nervous at first because it was 3 p.m. No trades had happened. We were worried. We're like, oh, Miami, are they going to get Oladipo? Are they going to get Lowry? You know, it was a crazy thing. And, you know, the news came out. And the reason why I'm, I'm telling you all the story, because I know one of you guys asked in the um, tweet I sent earlier, what was our reaction to getting Oladipo? I personally was surprised. And I know a lot of you guys were too, because it looked like a lot of signs were indicating that we were going to get Kyle Lowry. And the reason why was because if you looked at how the Raptors sort of handled the situation, like they were trading away some of their assets to make space on their team, looking as if they're getting ready to acquire the players we were going to give up. So it came as a huge shock to me when it was announced that Miami was getting Oladipo, not Lowry, and that they were actually going to keep him this whole time, Toronto. So... That came as a huge shock to me. And um, some one of you guys, the fans, asked, oh, were we surprised about what Miami had to give up? Because obviously that was a huge highway robbery. Truth be told, at the time, I was definitely surprised that it only cost that much to get him. But at the same time, you know, I think I speak for all Heat fans when I say that. When you look back at the whole scenario it honestly shouldn't seem much of a surprise because think about it this way. Um, Houston, they didn't have really any leverage in the first place. It was either A, accept Miami's Bobo package, or B, keep Oladipo and have him walk in free agency and get nothing in return for him. So ultimately, uh, Houston didn't want to do the latter and they went for option A, trade him for whatever was on the table. And it worked out for Miami perfectly. So I, we're going to talk more about this team moving forward. But before we do, what, who wants to start first? What's some of your guys' reaction to us getting Oladipo? I'll go if you don't mind. Um, mm-hmm. Right. So we got Victor Oladipo for literal. They took our stale garbage and they gave us Victor Oladipo. We gave up. <clears throat> let's look at the broader spectrum of things right we got Bielitsa for Mohawk and Chris Silva so we gave up Chris Silva who doesn't play Moharkless, who doesn't play been a major disappointment Avery Bradley who's only played 10 games this season because he's always hurt and Kelly Olenek who's a walking trash can <laughs> so you do that you trade that 
and not even a first round pick, not a second round pick, a pick swap, a lottery protected pick swap, by the way, for Victor Oladipo, who is a two time all star, who automatically is, I think, the best defending guard on the team. I don't think I know he's the best defending guard on the team. And if he can show flashes of what he showed in Indiana, I think we are really, really we're in a really, 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 really good place. We, we're not going to miss Kelly because we got Bielitsa. Bielitsa, basically Kelly 2.0, probably minus a little bit of the headache he gave me the whole year. Um, but it, it was just incredible what Pat Riley did. Pat Riley just, I'm pretty sure it went something like Houston was calling the bluff. They were trying, they're bluffing, I mean. They're saying, yeah, we, we'll keep all the depot. If you don't give us what we want, we're going to keep them. Pat Riley, all right, go ahead. About mm-hmm. 2, 2.59 p.m., I'm, Pat Riley you uh, gets a call from, okay, so about that trade? Yeah, okay. So I think Pat Riley didn't blink and he played he played some of his best he did some of his best work by just standing still. We didn't get Lowry and we got a pretty good op a pretty good backup replacement for what Lowry would have been in in Victor Oladipo. It was the A plus trade all around, A plus plus plus. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to agree with with everything you just said, Flash. I mean, we were grading so many trades before the deadline, and we were giving good grades to trades where we gave up none, trades where we gave up, you know, picks, trades that we just had to give up infinitely more than we did, because um, obviously a million times zero is still zero. So <laughs> what we gave up was just, I think that's the centerpiece of the day. Obviously, you know, bringing in Oladipo, a guy that can play two ways, a guy that opens up the offense, you know, on nights that, you know, we're not as aggressive, he can take over for sure. We added by the Alicia, who in reality has actually been a heat killer. I think the series where we played Philly a couple of years back, um, when, you know, in the first round we had Justice and Jay Rich running the show, uh, he, he torched us, you know, historically a 40% plus three point shooter. I think you're thinking of Sarge. Am I thinking of Sarge? I must be thinking of Sarge. Yeah, well, he's been, he's been a heat. He's been a he's been a heat killer. Regardless, he's been. Yeah, he's I, I, me, by the way. Yeah, he's he, he you know Bailich has been a guy that you know whenever we play him he seems to get hot and for the past three seasons um has shot over forty percent from three so that that's to me you know that's something that he's been shooting under twenty nine you know I think around twenty nine percent this year but you know basketball is a long season um stats tend to even out. Very rare that you'll find a guy that, you know, if he's a 40% three-point shooter, he's not going two from five every night. Um, and even, in, you know, in a smaller sample size of a quarter or even half a season, it's more likely that a 40% shooter will shoot maybe 45% for part of the year and then 35% for another part of the year to even out to 40. So I'm looking at Bialica as a guy shooting, you know, 12% below his mean. I'm looking at him as a, you know, a major, you know, breakout candidate, a guy that I could easily see shooting above 40% the rest of the year. Um, and I think that he's a guy that, you know, people need to, you know, pay more attention to, you know, obviously Oladipo is a great acquisition, um, and people are, you know, hyping it for great reason, but I like the Bialicha move a lot too. 
And I think ultimately it, it's going to, it's going to pay off. Um, but yeah, what we gave up for both of them was just nothing. Um, players that were not going to contribute, couldn't stay healthy. Um, although I will say, you know, I, I'm not like an, I'm not, I'm not a guy that wants to leave on bad terms. I'm going to miss Chris Silva. He, you know, that man worked his ass off from day one, um, constantly bought it. He bought in immediately to heat culture and you know, gave it his all. So definitely going to miss him and unpopular opinion, but I'm also going to miss Kelly Olenek. Uh, I'm not going to miss the minutes, the empty minutes and, you know, the one of nine from three and things of that nature. Um, I'm not going to miss that, but you know, he, he was a professional. He, he played his heart out and he added some big games for us. So I will miss him as well. Not, I'm not going to end that on a, on a, on a negative note. Um, but yeah, we gave up nothing. We got something. It puts us in a lot better position. Um, I guess the other, only last thing I'll say is adding Oladipo gives us another great perimeter defender. Um, and when we play teams like the Nets, uh, we're going to need it. So I, I love the moves. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Like, honestly, like, like Clutch, not Clutch, I mean Flash and Jake said, we basically gave up, like, we basically got Oladipo for a bag of chips, you know. Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek. And, a stale uh, bag of chips. A, yeah, a stale half-eaten bag of chips, I'm sorry. Um, and the, like you said, the first round draft pick or the draft swap that we got, it's a lottery protected pick. So we essentially robbed Houston for a two-time All-Star and for giving them someone who's always injured, hasn't played basically more than half the season, and a, se- a seven-foot freaking – I don't even know how, like what to describe him. I thought like completely just bashing him. But, yeah, like and giving Mal Harkless and Chris Silva for Bielitsa, I feel like just freeing up space on the bench for players that didn't get minutes and freeing up the opportunity for us to get more players in the future. <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, <laughs> but – Honestly, like on the topic of Lamarcus Aldridge, they just bought him out for I think five point eight million, and so I see us getting him at least by the end of this week. No question about it. We're already first in line for Aldridge, and we've had our eye on Aldridge for a little bit, I must say. And it's just a matter of when and how. And I feel like our new starting lineup with all the new players that we have, it's going to be a scary one. I'm saying Butler, Adebayo, Oladipo, maybe Aldridge, and Robinson. Like, sheesh. But anyways, about should we talk about the game or continue to talk about trades, Joel? Uh, yeah, we're just going to keep on talking about trades because I know this is the, probably the last episode you know, for the season in which we actually do talk about trades. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I get you. I know a lot of people are probably sitting there wondering if this is probably the only thing we talk about. We promise y'all this is the final episode where we do that, at least for the season. Uh, but yeah, while we're on the topic, um, Brian, what about you? How did you feel about yesterday? Uh, you know what? Up until that final buzzer, essentially, I didn't think they were going to do anything. I was pretty convinced that Bielitsa would have been their only move. Um, but, you know, props to the Heat for taking advantage of the Houston Rockets incompetence, right? I mean, originally they could have just kept uh, Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and been happy. You know, they would have had to pay those guys, but at least they have two young assets. You know, I think that obviously the Heat wanted Lowry. That was the number one guy. Uh, Once the Raptors decided that they were keeping him, you know, they had to pivot and they went with an all-star for essentially nothing, right? I mean, Kelly Olynyk, as much grief as we give him, was a good player for the Heat. So, you know, I, I think that Bielitsa, in theory, 
is about as good this season. He hasn't played uh, super well, so we'll have to see if you know he can give them uh, similar production. Um, but I mean, you can't really criticize anything that the Heat did. I mean, I think that for all intents and purposes, they won the trade deadline. You know, like I said, you get an all you get an all star player for nothing, an all star player who wants to play for your team and who's been trying to get to your team for years. You know, is going to be motivated, especially in the contract year, to play his best. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you really can't say anything more than that. They did great. Um, you know. The, the Rockets really had no leverage given Oladipo basically told everyone where he wanted to go. So I'm, I can't be mad. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Mad Heat fan? Yeah, man, hopefully you can hear me, right? I yes. think. All right. So it was crazy. Yesterday was crazy. I was glued to the phone like for 12 hours, I think. So I enjoy it. It was a little bit. I was nervous. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Do, I'm not going to lie. So yeah, it was crazy. But I like Oladipo more than most people. I think. I also like Kelly more than most people. I think 99.9 percent of the hit Twitter. But yeah, Oladipo is a great defender. He's a three-level scorer. He's an isolation guy. He can create his own shot and for others too. And he gets to the line. He gets to the freedom line. I think that's an omission part of his game. He and Butler can create chaos on the on the game. I think Lowry was going to do that too, but he's a mini Lowry in that department too. A solid rebounder for his position. He, I think he gets like four rebounds per game. And he's a small guard, a small guard. So you know, I think we are fine with him on Hero closing games, getting those rebounds, and more importantly, he's motivated. He wants to play for us, like a couple of years ago he said that, and he wants to prove people wrong. He wants to get paid, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people playing for us. On the Jalixa department, I think he's not that great. He's good, but he's not like Kelly Olinik good. He will give us shooting. He will give us spacing. And I don't think he will play that much for us with Arisa, Iggy, and LaMarcus Aldridge. If he comes in, of course. But yeah, I think the moves were great. I think we won the deadline. And it's a solid, solid, solid core for the future. I really believe that. I like Oladipo. I like him having to prove that to other people. And I like the chances of him getting a contract with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, well, one thing I wanted to, I just wanted to go off of that thought. I, I think it's a great thing that we're bringing in Oladipo. I'm glad we didn't pull it, you know, last year and extend him right away. Um, I'm hoping that we won't do that until the end of the year, but we get a really good, you know, a lot of people have been saying it on Twitter, but it's, it's very true. You know, our, our medical staff is going to get a very close look at him. Um, they're going to see, is this someone that, you know, is, is recovered from injuries or is this a guy that, you know, we can see being susceptible to more of them. Um, and if, you know, obviously if things come up this year, they can take a look at him. So 
you know, ultimately, I think that the, the Oladipo acquisition is just, it was so little risk because we didn't end up extending him. Um, I really like the fact that, you know, we're going to have that free trial with him. And hopefully we do end up extending him because that means that he, he panned out. Um, but I like it. I mean, the thing, one other thing, too, I wanted to uh, note, I think Bialicia might have a, a role with us. Um, I mean, last year he was pretty much a full-time starter. And maybe the year before, too, with, with Sacramento. Um but yeah, he's, I think he was starting every single game and, you know, he shot 48% from the field and over, you know, almost 42% from three. If he can return to that kind of form or, or kind of anything close to that, I mean, he's our four. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, I mean, first off, I'm hoping the sources are right because I'm seeing a lot of very respectable people, including, you know, five on the floor saying we're going to get him. Um, hopefully that's true because if so, obviously, you know, he's going to be probably either our five or our four starting as he should be. Um, but I still see Bialicia as kind of our number one big off the bench right now. Um, if we do end up starting LMA, because obviously we got rid of Kelly and Chris Silva and Myers. So, I mean, that that's his role. He's going to, he's going to, for sure. I, I think at least play, you know, 20 minutes a game for us and, and see, you know, we can see what he can do maybe 17 or so minutes a game, but still that that's, that's a role that if he comes in and hits a couple threes and sits down, you know, that, that goes a long way in games. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like I said before, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, kind of sleep on the Bialicia acquisition. Uh, but one other thing I wanted to add, my Lord, the, the Houston GM, uh, Raphael Stone, I'm sure he's a great man, potentially a great husband and father. That man is very not good at his job. And I know he's a first year GM, but he's still in the shoes of, you know, Maury, who is one of the best, you know, executives this league has ever seen. Um, and he is just, he is, in my opinion, you know, no, no disrespect, but he's done a pretty pitiful job. Um, his return for, for what James Harden is, you know, still an MVP caliber player, his return is abysmal. And, you know, he took a big shot getting rid of Karis Levert and obviously Jared Allen in that trade to, to get out Oladipo. And I think, you know, his thoughts were, all right, this man's in a contract year, you know, we'll make him the premier guy and then we'll trade him for more at the deadline. But that's a really risky move. And, and Karis LeVert is someone that, you know, he's young and he's good now. So they took a big risk and it, and it absolutely flopped. Um, and I would fire him straight up. Uh, he does not deserve to be a general manager in this league. He, he, he definitely fumbled the crap out of the, the James Harden trade especially for what it became ultimately like based on yesterday's trades. It was awful. How, uh, Jake, I wanted to touch on the, the injury thing you mentioned about Victor Oladipo. I mean, before the trade, they send over the medicals, don't they? So the, so the heat must've been comfortable enough to say he's going to be fine. Well, we traded nothing though. Like that's the thing. We risk so little that even if he isn't fine, like all right, whatever. We didn't really get get rid of anything, and we do get his medicals, and he has to pass a physical. But I'm talking like long term, um, you know, in the ups and downs of the season. Tons of players, and I'm sure he will go through some type of tweak or some, even small things, and it's just to see, you know, what kind of recovery time he has. You know, is this man recovering on 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 par? Or, is, is he taking a long time to recover from things? Is he re-injuring things that are part of, you know, his medical history already? That's, that's kind of red flags that I think they will be looking out for. Um, and obviously if something happens to him this year, which God forbid, but they, they would have the, you know, the inside scoop and they'd be the ones kind of working with him. So, 
yeah, I mean, it's not the biggest advantage. You know, obviously a, a normal team will do their due diligence on a player. Um, I just think we have a tiny bit of an advantage over the rest of the league getting kind of, you know, that, you know, first and, you know, overall look at him every pretty much after every single game. That, that was kind I, of my, my point. I think Oladipo will be fine. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I made a comment on Twitter kind of messing around, but at the same time makes you think. I was like, would you be surprised if all of a sudden Victor Oladipo goes where he wants to go and he's not injury prone anymore? Because that that it happens. Like people don't want to admit it, but it happens in the league. Sometimes these injuries, he he obviously probably feels something, but overblows it to the point where oh he's hurt. And I think I think it's a real possibility that a motivated Oladipo really plays through those minor things and not overblows it. And I think he's going to be just fine in Miami. Hopefully, like like you said, knock on wood, that he's not going to get hurt. But, yeah, I think I think Depot will be fine. I agree, guys. Mm-hmm. I think to, to mop on, like, he – Ultimately, we gave nothing. Like everybody said, I think we only lost Kelly Olinik. I'm a big Kelly Olinik fan. I'm not a stan. I'm just, I just think, you know, he was good for the role he played. We needed him at first. And I think Jelixa is going to play the same role, but I don't see him being like Kelly. If he comes off the bench, I don't think he can play make like Kelly. And As a starter, I think he's going to do better than Kelly because he can stretch the floor better. We know Kelly Olinik was a little bit inconsistent, so that's something that I like. But like I said, I don't think Jelixa will start. I like Arisa starting. I don't like Lamarco starting either, but if he's promised a role, then I guess we are going to start him in the regular season. But come playoff time, I think... It will be something like Oladipo, Oladipo Duncan, Butler, Bam, and then you add Arisa, or possibly Jelixa, something like that. But I don't think Lamarcus will start. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, moving forward. So you know, that's a lot of great points you guys brought up. And as we look at this team now, um, let's answer a few questions that the fans wanted us to look at. So one of the questions a fan asked was, what is the ceiling of this Heat team now with the acquisitions of Bielitsa, um, Oladipo, and now Old- and hopefully Aldridge? What's the ceiling for this team? Who wants to answer first? Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. The absolute what about, ceiling. What about you, I don't, Jake? I- I mean, I hate, I hate to sound just like overly optimistic, but I mean, we made the finals last year with a worse team. I know that the Nets got a lot better and, you know, situation changed a bit, um, but the Nets aren't healthy. And I, I ultimately, I'll take this team against pretty much anyone in the East, maybe except the Nets. Um, but I, 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 if we're talking ceiling, ceiling, I think our ceiling is definitely what it was last year, which is getting back to the finals just because our roster is better. Um, You know, especially if we get LaMarcus Aldridge, our roster is way better. You know, last year off the bench, we were relying pretty much on, you know, we had Hero and and Goran, Goran, but now imagine, you know, we're adding them 
and you know also LaMarcus if he comes off the bench. Like that's the best bench in the NBA, and it's not even close. So I know people sleep on depth, but and even in the playoffs when the you know the playing rotation gets goes down to about eight or nine, um, I know it means a little less in the playoffs, but we we have the best depth in the league, and I think if you're looking at you know the players that the Nets have around um, their big three, and obviously you know Joe Harris, I, I like our nine better than than theirs potentially. So maybe I'm just biased, but I, I'm putting us back in the finals at our at our ceiling. The Marcus Aldridge is starting no matter what. By the way, that's that's I I don't see the argument there. I think he's a clear starter, one hundred percent. I'd agree with Clutch when he said our ceiling would be the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, my opinion speaking, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and the Victor Oladipo are the big three of this Heat team. Honestly, nothing will ever compare to LeBron, Wade, or Bosh. Just saying, but this I think is a new big three for the Heat. And we can go far with the players we have now and the possible players we could pick up in the future, like Aldridge. Maybe, hey, I think, I feel like someone said Kyle Lowry was a free agent at the end of the year. Was that someone else? I don't know. I might be mistaken. No, no, he is. He is. Oh, he is. Okay. So then maybe we could we could pick up Kyle Lowry at the end of the year and then keep building our super team from there. Well, not super team, but like on the road we're heading down so far, it seems like it could possibly be that. And... Yeah, that's just my opinion on it about the ceiling being the Eastern Conference Finals again, like Clutch said, or Flash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually don't know that it's too different from what it was before. I still feel like it's Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I would still probably take the Bucks. Like, if I had to bet, I would probably take the Bucks or Philly in a series. Uh, I think the Heat could beat them. Uh, but I think now with Oladipo, it's a great, they have a greater chance than they did before, but you know, I would still think that the Nets are pretty much destined to come out the East in some in a similar way. Like I think that the Heat have a better chance of beating the Nets now, but ultimately, I still feel like uh, you know any team is going to get stopped by them in the ECF. We'll we'll give the Nets a fight, but other than that, I don't I don't think we can get past them. I hope I'm proved wrong. I think the ceiling is very high. I think a lot of people is underestimating Oladipo. If everything goes right, I think we might be headed to the finals again. I'm terrified of the Nets, as I think everyone is. I don't like their three elite scorers. They are, I mean, they are three of the best five scorers in the league. They can hit from anywhere and they can get hot in in a matter of seconds. So. Yeah, it's going to be a hard matchup, but I think against other teams, I'm taking the hit. I'm taking Coach Po. I'm taking this so-called new big three. And I like having Dragic off the bench if he's coming off the bench for the playoffs. He's a veteran. He's a, someone that started already, so he knows how to play. And now we have the, defend, the defender in Depot. And then we add someone like like Hero, you know, I think we are headed to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals. I I really like it. I really like the move, and I think it's a move with a lot of potential. So if you ask for the ceiling, I'm I'm saying the NBA Finals. I, one more thing, just because I actually fully agree with that. Um, this, yeah, I mean, think about us in the Nets in a seven-game series, and like I want I want us to really break this down for a second. Like, yeah, they have 
they have three of the, of the best scorers the league has ever seen. Um, but we also have some weapons, weapons defensively. So right now I'm guessing, you know, most of the game we're going to probably have Bam on Durant. And, you know, his his lateral speed, his length, his athleticism. I, I can't think of a better player in the entire league to guard Kevin Durant. Same with Giannis. So, you know, he's going to guard KD. We're probably going to have Jimmy on Harden most of the game. And again, given, you know, Jimmy's, you know, incredible defensive, all around defense, you know, he's locked down. Absolutely. He's going to clamp up Harden pretty much better than anyone in the league can. Um so I, I like that. And then, you know, now we have Depot for, for Kyrie um, and that, you know, Kyrie's going to win that matchup a lot, but still, you know, a very viable option there. Um, and the other thing too, is we got a lot of backup weaponry. Uh, I would love to see Iggy come in, you know, when, when Butler gets tired, Ariza can come in for Bam and, you know, LaMarcus even when they get tired, like, and there are a lot, they're clamps too. I'm taking Ariza on Durant <laughs> still more than most players in the league. So we have a lot of people that can neutralize a little bit of their firepower. Um, and just like we were the best matchup with the Bucks last year, I think we're the best ba- matchup now um, probably for the Brooklyn Nets. So I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty optimistic if we play br- really anyone. I don't know. I mean, I still think that we have to consider the fact that Iggy and Ariza are both 35. And, you know, as great defensively as some of the guys that we have are, we've seen it time and time again where the great offensive player tends to win out in those matchups, you know, and like, yeah, we're talking about three of the greatest scores, you know, that the league has ever seen. You know, I, I don't, I don't think I would call Jimmy or Bam or Oladipo three of the greatest defenders we've ever seen, you know, like Durant, I don't care who you're putting on him. He's getting his 40 or 50, same with Harden, same with Kyrie, you know, and there's still the issue of whenever Goron or Hero or, you know, D-Rob or even none, if he gets timer in the game, those three guys are going to hunt out those switches and it's going to be, it's going to be buckets. So that's kind of where I'm afraid, you know, even in LaMarcus Aldridge, he's not a defender at this stage. You know, if they go small with, with uh, Blake at the five or KD at the five, then that presents a problem. So I think that, you know, we still definitely have to be cognizant of that. Joe Harris is probably going to kill his matchup, whoever he's on. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of spots where defensively the heat are still, you know, can still be exploited. And, you know, this is a problem for any team. They're getting exploited by, you know, generational talents. Yeah, I think Aldridge, against the Nets specifically, I think Aldridge, if it happens, we have to keep saying that if it happens, Aldridge is an, can be an offensive mismatch against the Nets because they don't really have much interior on defense. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, while we're, I think Flash got disconnected real quick. But um, while we're waiting for him, does anyone else want to finish that thought? I mean, with how the Nets are playing right now, without Irving, Harden, and Durant, it's not looking good for them. They've got freaking demolished by Utah the other night, and I feel like until they get healthy again is when we're really gonna have to try to like step up our game. Because like Jake said, you can't sleep on any team regardless of what players are having or not. I mean, look at us. We lost to an injured Clippers team earlier this season on the our previous road trip. So it's just a matter of like how like we're going to strategically play it out and what players we're going to decide to put in the lineup towards the end, at the beginning, et cetera. And so I feel like with Oladipo, 
like Clutch said, I think he was like one of the best like perimeter defenders or somewhere along the line. Like he was just like a great defender. And along with Bam, you know, aside from Giannis, has the best like defensive stats currently. I, ju- I think I just saw something. It has he has like two hundred and eleven assists and thirty something blocks, which is second in line from Giannis. So, um, yeah, all I have to say is Bam for the de- defensive player of the year and just defense overall with him and a lot of different players we can bring to this team and that we currently have on this team, like Iggy. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. And just that's my opinion on it, at least. Flash, are you back? Do you want to continue what you were saying or should we move on? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. It, it, I was basically finishing my the, the statement, just I think – the Marcus Aldridge would be a offensive mismatch against the Nets because they lack interior defense and and I think just because they're going to be all mismatched against the everybody's going to be so focused on Jimmy Bam Duncan and and Depot that I think Aldridge can get in the post and do some work even if I'm not saying he's going to score 20 a game against the Nets but I'm saying he can he can do work against them. Mm-hmm. So then, with that being said, you know, Miami did make a lot of big moves. And, you know, the question is, how far can we go with the player, with this team we have right now? And not only do we have to focus on the moves the Heat made, but, you know, there was a lot of other teams who were busy yesterday as well. So the next question I want to ask now is, aside from the moves the Heat made, which other move that a certain team made stood out to you guys the most? Who wants to start first? Chicago with Vucevic, I think mm-hmm. they pretty much they robbed they robbed the Magic for for what Vucevic should really be worth. Um, yeah, it, it was almost nothing for a player of his caliber. So I think Chicago's the number two winner in this in in this trade deadline. Uh, Denver did all right too, by the way, with with Aaron Gordon. Right, Jake. Yeah, what about you? Oh, Ryan, you want to yeah. hop in? Yeah, so I think, yeah, uh, like I said, I mean, Chicago stands out pretty clearly above everybody else. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, you know, I, I know that the Heat don't really have the draft capital, but would they have done, like, Tyler Hero and, I don't know, Precious or something else for Vooch? Like, would that have been a good replacement for those picks? Because if so, I definitely would have gone all in for Vucevic, especially if you still had enough left over for Oladipo. I mean, we'd be looking at Oladipo, Jimmy, Bam, and Vooch, and then whoever you want to plug in as that fifth starter. Uh, they probably didn't know the, the, the value was that low. Probably That's not, but I, like, I wonder if they were – I mean, because they, they were interested, I thought. I thought that there was a report that they were interested. So I'm wondering, like – how like how much did they talk? How far did those conversations go? And did the Heat even consider like, yo, what can we get? What can we give up? Because, you know, like I said, I they're outside of Bam and Jimmy. There's no one I wouldn't have sent for Vooch. So, um, yeah, I, I think Chicago is clearly the team that sticks out. Yeah, no, I actually I actually completely agree. Um, Brian, we talked about this a little bit the last pod. Uh, before the deadline with Greg and we were we kind of went through it and our kind of conclusion was yeah I don't think we have the firepower to get Vooch and I think we all were kind of shocked I mean listen Otto Porter he's he's nothing just a bad contract and he's you know he's never going to pan out is is what Washington drafted him as um so he's pretty much nothing Wendell Carter I mean he's he's interesting he's a solid 
five, I guess, but he's gotten basically no better since his rookie season. You know, I think he's getting something like 11, eight, 11 and eight a game, not even, a, not even one block per game. He doesn't really stand out. You know, he's, he's a solid guy, but I don't think anyone could possibly project him being an all-star at this point. I mean, it, it just doesn't seem likely at all. Um, so they really got, you know, what I'm seeing is just the two picks and not and a little bit above what I would consider filler. Um, and yeah, like, you know, Hero and, and Precious, like you said, maybe that does compensate for that. And, and in, in which case, if it did, you know, shame on the Orlando GM for not, you know, making it known what the what the value was. And if he over, you know, if he way overpriced Vooch before and then got desperate at the end, you know, and then took the Bulls package, you know, that's that's not acceptable. You know, these guys are representing an entire, you know, billion dollar franchise. You know, you can't just make errors like that. And, I, and it, that was one of those trades where I really felt that, you know, they got far less than what the market value would have been if they truly did due diligence with all interested parties. So maybe I'm missing something. You know, obviously I'm not in, you know, I'm not in it, in the front office conversations. I'm, I'm not an insider, so I, I, don't, I don't understand quite how these things work. But just as someone with a little bit of logic, you have to think that something went wrong um, for the Bulls to for the, for the Orlando Magic to have had to got you know that package from the Bulls. And maybe what went wrong was their scouting. And maybe they you know projected Wendell Carter to be a top center one day. And maybe he will be. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, I really don't see it. And ultimately, I really you know kind of wish we could have pushed a little harder for Vooch if that was his true price. No, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, with any, with anything, right? Like you have to, you have to market your product or your service or your player or whatever. Right. And you're not really doing yourself any favors by refusing to create your own market. You know, if you're telling teams, Oh, we're not going to trade Vooch, you know, the price is going to be super high and no one's going to be able to match up whatever we want to keep them. Then teams are going to be like, all right, cool. Move on to other things. Right. But if you say from the get go, like, yo, we will listen to offers on Vooch. You know, you kind of have to get teams to start bidding against each other and really considering, okay, this is a realistic move we can make, you know, and then you kind of create the market that way. But if nobody knows that he's really on the table, you know, for anything reasonable, then you end up with shit deals like that. So. Yeah, I mean that's a. I think that that's a really important thing to keep in mind for teams going forward, is that if your stars are available, you know you don't have to hide that. Like there are teams that would absolutely be willing to pay for a guy like Vucevic, but you got to make that known. Although this trade never ended up happening, thankfully, the Lakers were willing to give up Dennis Schroeder and I think one or two more people for Kyle Lowry, which is beyond me. They were out of their mind for that but it's just like i'm glad i'm just glad it didn't happen because it's like they are giving up all those players for one player that isn't even i don't even think is worth all three of those players because it's not even like close in my opinion but yeah off i have to agree with everyone and say that the trade with nikola vucevic to the bulls is just I didn't expect that. I was in my car, actually, and I, I checked my phone out of curiosity to see, like, what was up. And then I saw that. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I just didn't expect that. I didn't expect him to go to the Bulls, you know? It just caught me off guard a little bit. But that I just have to I, – I agree with everything everyone said so far. So, Really really quick on that, oh, Ange. Really, really quick on that. I was shocked to see the reports of, of the Lakers and their kind of dealings with Lowry. Like, I think it totally makes sense for the Heat not to want to trade Hero. Um, but if the truth is that the, the, what, the only thing that was holding up the Lakers trade was 
that they wanted THT. Uh, that's that's pretty ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not a Laker fan. I'm not I'm not going to lie and say I've been watching every game, but you know, he's a role player. Um, you know, even with LeBron out, I saw his stat line last night. He only played like 19 minutes, was like one of six from the field. He, he's not an alpha. I don't think he projects yeah. as an alpha or as someone that can change a team. I think he might become a very good role player. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not something that, you know, if they're about to start a big three in L.A. and bring in, you know, a much needed, you know, not that Schroeder's not great because he is, but, yeah. you know, two-way, two-way player in Lowry, team leader, one of the greatest leaders we've ever seen. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. THT should not, should not have held that trade up if that was the case. Yeah, of course. And like what you said about hero and like the heat, not wanting to give up hero. I'm not one of those hero apologists. that's like, no, he's one of our star players. We, and, and I wasn't one of those people that didn't want him to go for Harden shit, man. If, if, if they want Harden, give him, let him go to Houston. I don't care. It's Harden. But in the end, it's whatever. Now it's done with. But in my opinion, I wouldn't have wanted to get, I wouldn't have wanted to like give up hero for just Lowry. If Norman Powell was in the mix. Yes. Because I feel like that would be too much giving hero for just Lowry. You know, you got to incorporate someone else in there to make it worth like doing, you know what I mean? It's just, it was, it was too little, like, what's the word um all risk and no reward or like risk i don't even know the terminology for it but right. i know no, it was- you're right though it, it was risky he, you know and we saw hero last night first game all season you know with, without getting traded on Dropped his contract freaking- you know what he i think balls. it also was like out. after the trade deadline and everything i feel like the players were un- not underperforming on purpose but either they were like stressed because they knew because everyone expected robinson and achua and who else was in the trade package with lowry I don't know, but I know all I know is that Robinson was involved in. We all know that he's been underperforming extremely. He's gone like three and eleven most games, and he this performed pretty la- well last night. <laughs> yeah, he was four and six. I mean, it's just over five hundred for threes. But anyways, at least it was over five hundred. We're we're actually going up like stats wise. Over five hundred for threes is pretty damn good, by the way. Five. She went four for six. Not saying that's bad, but it's like compared to what he normally puts up, like three and eleven, or like four and 12 you know like that's that's not good and so and hero i feel like people were talking about like giving up hero but then as the trade line announced like pat riley said hero is untouchable so i feel like that weight essentially weight got lifted off of the player's shoulders knowing especially the ones that were involved in like trades and stuff like especially robinson achua oh none was also in the thing for lowry so a lot of weight got lifted off their shoulders with that because none Score twenty two, and he he didn't have wasted minutes, unlike Trevor Ariza. But that's besides the point. And Robinson didn't get wasted minutes either, although he played twenty seven and only scored twelve. That's not bad. I'm not bashing him for it. So, Flash, please don't freaking I, no, come at my throat. <laughs> no, I'm not coming at your throat for that. But I no, I just know you're one of those Robinson apologists. No, no, no. But I might say something about that Trevor Ariza comment. I don't think he you can say thirty three minutes and scored nine points. He played okay, more than but, Bam. Okay, he played more listen, than Bam. Okay, but. Points aren't everything. You can't call empty minutes for to some for somebody who actually plays really, 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 really good defense. That's not that's not empty minutes. Empty minutes is a is a Tyler Hero who can't play defense and also doesn't score in a game. That's empty minutes. But he scored twenty nine last night. Okay, but we're not talking about. I'm saying in general, when Tyler Hero scores like three, but and <laughs> he also can't play defense. That's real empty minutes. Trevor Ariza scoring oh, zero or whatever. Minutes. Yeah. That, <laughs> Uh, Trevor Ariza scoring zero, or I don't know whatever the hell he scored last night, and but at the same time playing really, really, really good defense. I don't think that's empty minutes at all. 
Robinson also had a couple of empty minutes. You know, he'd score like six points and play like half the game, but that's none of my business. I'm going to let you take care of that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, Flash is well, actually 100, 100% what right. What? 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 About, what about Duncan? <laughs> he, he also had a lot of empty minutes. He'd play like 33 and score six. But again, that's besides the point. I'm going to let you take care of that one. But Duncan also does face the floor just by being out there. I mean, he's also a liability, though. So defensively, yeah. yeah, But I mean, we have to consider that Duncan is is still one of the best shooters in the league. No, I'm not taking anything away. So don't like, don't think I'm like bashing him, like saying, "Oh, Robinson sucks." I'm not. No, no, no. I I know. I'm just saying that. Like, I'm just saying that even if he's not, you know, hitting threes, which obviously you know he's out there to do, and if he's missing, that that hurts you, and the defense hurts you. I'm just saying that like his presence being out there, you know, as a floor spacer, you know, he draws the attention of the defense, which allows guys like Jimmy and Bam to operate inside. Um, so that's... You could have used Duncan yeah. Robinson in the last few minutes of the game yesterday if he didn't foul out. You could have mm-hmm. used him because of his spacing. Not because he yeah. would have made the shot or anything, but he would have d- commanded a lot of attention and somebody would have got a way better shot. Yeah, no, of yep. course. And, you know, like in those last... Sometimes in those last couple of seconds of the game where we need to draw fouls, he's good at doing that, like take dr- taking charges and stuff like that. And so that's also like a positive about Duncan. I'm, like I guess, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from him. It's just he's been underperforming. And I know Flash is one of those Robinson apologists, so I'm not going to say anything I said he was before he gets mad. Huh? I've said he was underperforming. I said he hasn't been playing really good. Well, no, well let's, let, let's, let's focus on what's going on, though. The thing is... Like Brian said, it's all about gravity. And I honestly, like, other than maybe Steph, I, I don't know who has more gravity in the NBA than Duncan Robinson. You know, when he has the yeah. ball, or even, even without the ball, teams are closing him out this year. He, he is, is one of the of quickest the releases, in my opinion. In yeah, the finals I mean, especially, he has a quick behind release. He's a, he's a sniper, and now teams are focusing on him. And, and, you know, as part of their game plan, almost every game, you know, they're trying to close him out from even getting the ball. Um, and with all that focus on him, I agree that he doesn't play empty minutes, even if he's not hitting, because, you know, everything, everyone has more room to operate with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing with Ariza too, I wanted to touch on that. Um, Ariza has not played basketball in over a year. Um, he, he, he's a little rusty and it, it definitely shows, but when he's His back hitting start, shots, he's guarding Damian Lillard. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was just going to say. This man's literally guarding their best player for most of the game. And, you know, he locks up, he's, you know, he has Crazy length, crazy, crazy length. And I'm putting, you know, I'm putting him up, you know, with Jimmy and Bam and, and Iggy as our best defenders on the team easily. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I think that ultimately, oh, you know, Depot's we're, we're going to see a lot be one of our best defenders. Yeah, Depot's a good, a good, a good perimeter defender for sure. Um, I, I just, just based on length, I'm putting Ariza ahead of him. Um, no, and I the good thing, the good thing with Ariza too is he's. Come playoff time, you know, when we have our full roster together, whatever it may be at that point, he's just coming off the bench for a couple minutes. You know, he's not going to be playing 30 minutes a game. So, you know, he's old, but he'll have very short bursts mm-hmm. to play and kind of just lock down whoever he's, he's guarding. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think he's going to be a lot better when, when time I mean, goes up on. By one, up by one, and you need to stop. You put Victor Oladipo, Trevor Ariza, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Andre Iguodala out there. I think we'll be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gross. That is absolutely gross. How how can you it's score disgusting. on that? You can't. I'm just kidding. I don't know. But from it's the looks of it, it seems. Again, going back to what I was saying earlier, you can if you have Kevin Durant or James yeah, Harden. Th- those are the guys. But anybody else, like, you know, you're throwing that lineup out against, like, a Giannis, good luck. 
Yeah. yeah, I guess I guess Durant and Harden, what you want, you you can't stop them. We know you can't stop them, but you can. The best you can try to do is slow them down. That's that's what the goal should be for for a defensive minded team like Miami. Yeah, I, no, I, I fully agree. But but I also something touched on earlier. I wanted to reiterate um, and expand upon. Um, obviously, you know these people are human beings, and. You know, I don't think as fans, we can truly ever know what it feels like to be a part of trade rumors. Like, I'm just thinking, like, if I'm trying to do my job, I'm an accountant at Deloitte. If I try to do my job and, you know, somehow everyone in the world or everyone on Twitter knows that, you know, my, my company is thinking I'm not good enough for them long term and it's trading me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I'm supposed to focus on my job. And, and that's something completely different than playing basketball and the level of focus that that takes um, you know, the whole season has been nothing but trade rumors for Hero, trade rumors for Duncan, you know, partly for none. And, and these guys have Twitter. They're, they're going on. They know what people are saying. And, you know, Hero went from the rookie that came and saved the day that, you know, you know, people were calling, you know, not not player comparison wise, but they're just calling him. You know, he's our next guy. He might be the next Wade is our you know future franchise player. Whoever said you that would be the next yeah. Wade, you're on something. I don't people know if that overhyped. was just an over-exaggerated thing that you said, but if people actually compare him to the GOAT, the freaking Miami Heat legend, you, something's wrong with you. I'm no, he, sorry. he was absolutely getting those comparisons. He was. He was getting those I comparisons. Know, I know people would me. make comparisons to him as a joke, like, oh, Steph Curry in his second year versus Tyler Hero, and their stats would be almost similar. I get those are jokes. But at the same time, I feel like some people take those seriously. No, I'm saying people were like, seriously comparing Tyler Hero to like. No, no, yeah. I know, I know. It's just some people would do that. I know Listen, Joel made one. It was were, like people were Bradley comparing Beals Kendrick Wade. Nunn to, to Dwayne Wade. Huh? Yeah, they were. I people saw those too. Yeah, and how do you, you know, when you have those kind of expectations, and, and Hero and Duncan, they both went from those guys, those heroes of the finals appearance, the heroes of the Cinderella run. They went from that to trade bait and, you know, constantly getting, you know, the media destroyed them this year too. And I, I think the media is really never on the heat side. It seems like at any point in my life, it doesn't seem like the national media is looking to help us out. You know, it's part of the finals run, they hopped, they hopped on a little bit of the finals run, but still, I think ultimately like they tore us apart this year and tore those guys apart. And, you know, it hundred percent unquestionably was part of the reason why they were, why they had a little bit of a dip in stats, you know, that, that's just human nature. So I, I'm looking for big rebounds from both of them just from the fact that they know they're safe for the rest of the year. And again, like you said, like and like I said earlier, that they since they're free of being traded, you know, everyone expected them to go with like like everyone expected Robinson to go with the trade for Lowry, but that never ended up happening. So they know they're here to stay and they know they're safe from all that. So I feel like with the stats they put up yesterday, like Hero, he went twenty nine, four and eight, played thirty five minutes, went five and nine for three. And Robinson went four and six for three, scored 12, five and two, played like 27 minutes. You know, like those stats are what the stats you want to see coming from those types of players on this type of team. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's a, not a bounce. I mean, it is a bounce back, but like they still have a lot more in the games in a season to prove themselves and be like, y'all were talking all that smack earlier. Look at us now. You know what I'm saying? And Victor Oladipo is going to make their job a lot more easy. Yeah, exactly. I've mentioned this a lot of times in the past. I know you guys are probably tired of me saying it, but I'm going to say it again. It just takes a new player to come to a new team and work in the new environment and new players to really play their best basketball and maybe unlock new potential for the, pre the players already on the team they just decided to come on. So that's my that's my thought on it. Also, I think that you know something that hasn't been talked about a lot is that Victor Oladipo probably comes in as their 
second best facilitator. Like, you know, the whole season they've been playing Kendrick Nunn or Tyler Hero at the point guard. I mean, Goran Dragic when those guys have been out or injured or whatever. But, um, you know, Tyler Hero has some passing facilitating chops, but he's not, you know, he's, it's, he's not great at it yet. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, we know, just isn't really a point guard. I, I mean, we forget that Victor Oladipo, you know, in his first couple of years in, in Orlando was a point guard. Like he, he was developed to be, you know, a facilitator. So I think that the heat getting that guy is going to really, really help their offense and help Bam, which I think is going to be a welcome change from, you know, a sense of just having a bunch of guys out there who are like, my main job is to score and, you know, facilitating comes second or third to what I'm trying to do. So I think that that's going to be a very welcome dimension of uh, yeah. of Victor Oladipo's yeah. game. And his days in Indiana, uh, I remember I've re- I've been watching a little bit of Oladipo. Uh, his days in Indiana, he had a nose for finding Sabonis, and Bam is just a better rim runner. And he's he what he can do with with Bam over what he did with Sabonis is probably a lot more. So I'm excited to see that that little combination too that we haven't really talked about Bam and Depot. Yeah, honestly, that's a really nice pick-and-roll combo. Um, and obviously, you know, Victor, Victor Oladipo, I, I think that people do underrate him because, you know, he had that that great season, that all-star season. Would, would have been an all-star that year in, in Indiana. Um, and, it, you know, obviously took them way higher than other people would have expected. So, you know, he, he was at superstar status for sure that year, and injuries kind of brought him down some pegs. And, and when I see Victor Oladipo now – I definitely still see a lot of the explosiveness I saw in Indiana. I mean, you can you can watch some highlights of him and even Houston. Uh, he was still dunking on players. He was still speeding past guys, very quick with his speed, kind of in like a similar way that Chris Paul is, where st- he stops and goes really, you know, on a dime still. So I'm still seeing most of the explosiveness that I'm seeing. You know, definitely not all of it from a couple of years back, but I think if he gets even more comfortable and, and fits in well with this team, give, give me a Bam and, and Vic pick and roll any day you know both of them will be attacking the rim at you that's frightening for a defense to see bam rolling and 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 if Vic decides to to start driving as well I don't know how that's going to get defended so yeah on a yeah. lot of ways you know even if he's not passing off to bam which I think will happen plenty he's he's a great finisher and was said earlier he also draws a lot of fouls um big names have, tend to draw a lot of fouls so I, I think that Having a guy, guys like him and Jimmy that can, at the end of games, you know, get you pretty much free points just by driving, that's huge. Um, and that's something to speak of. You know, I could go on a rant, but superstar players get the calls. And I think back a couple of years ago when Justice and, and Jay Rich were kind of running the show, um, I, I noticed it mostly then because, um, you know, we were privileged. We, wa- we watched D-Wade and, you know, LeBron pretty much growing up, you know, the two of the best ever in the, in the history of the game at getting to the line. Um, but when Jay Rich and, and Justice were driving, they were not getting calls, not even close to the same kind of calls a superstar would get. But even at the end of games, I remember Jay Rich had the ball, try to make a move and, you know, he would get fouled and they just would ignore it. And a guy like Victor, for whatever reason, you know, refs like calling fouls for stars. And he's still considered that kind of player. Um, and, and just just in that alone, I love seeing him him out there at the end of games. Like there's a lot of dimensions to his game that. I think a team, a contending team like the Heat, will get a. It's going to impact us a, a heck of a lot more than you know, kind of a, you know, without Christian Wood, kind of a crappy team in Houston. 
Yeah, staying on Oladipo for for one second, it we a very underrated aspect of all of this is Eric Spolstra has a very, very, very good track record of maximizing when they acquire all-star caliber players. A very, very, very good track Look at record. Jimmy Butler. He's playing his best basketball you with the Miami even, you, Heat. You can go way before that. You can go go to LeBron. LeBron, he ma- Eric Spolstra maximized LeBron. And go to Bosch. Bosch developed a lot in Miami under Spolstra. Dragic played some of his best ball in Miami. Then you go to Jimmy. And now, next up, Victor Oladipo. So that's a very underrated aspect, in my opinion, of what Eric Spolstra can bring out of Victor Oladipo. You're very right. I'm not taking nothing away from that. I That's a good point, in my opinion. All right. But then, you know, moving forward, um, I feel like we hit on a lot today. But um, before we close it out, one thing I do want to hit on is – you know, we still have a long way ahead of us before the playoffs start. So let's see if we can all make an agreement on on this one thing. I, I don't know if y'all will have different opinions on this, but we'll see. What do you guys think will be the standings in the Eastern Conference? I mean, we could talk about the Western Conference too if you want. But since this is a heat pod, what do we think about the Eastern Conference? By the time playoffs come around, you said? Yeah. Maybe at least fifth seed. I want to be optimistic and say fifth because I know April is going to be a hard month for us. You know, we play um, – who do we play? We play Brooklyn. We play Golden State. We play the Lakers again. You know, it's going to be – it's never an easy run with any team you go against because, like I said, or like Jake said, you can't sleep on any team because at any given moment they can win and we can – be the ones that were like oh well we all thought we were going to win this game and we were cocky about it and we took advantage they took advantage of the situation and it's just a matter of how we're going to win and just but i and basically in the end i feel like we'd be in the fifth seed i think yeah the stand the standings i have in mind for all of this and i'll go one through eight because i really think we should touch on this philly would probably stay on number one because of um just how hurt Brooklyn seems and they take time off. Uh, so Philly, number one, Brooklyn, two, Milwaukee, three. I think Miami can go up to four. Uh, I'll give Miami the number four seed in the East. Then you go a mix of uh, Charlotte, Atlanta, Boston. I don't think New York sustains this. So And New York will probably be fighting – with Chicago for the eighth seed. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think right now I see the Bucks getting the first seed. Then, because they are, aren't facing any injuries, I see Philly falling down to third. Brooklyn Nets probably staying second with all the star power they have. Even if they have only James Harden available, they are going to win some games. Then I have the Heat going four. The Celtics, I think, will go down to five. I don't think we are catching those three teams, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers. They are settled down uh, up there. Then you have the Knicks, Hornets, and Hawks. I think the Hornets will fall probably to the eight or stay there at the seventh spot. The Knicks go down to eight. 
and I have the Pacers and Bulls making a push. I think the Pacers Pacers go to six, or the Bulls, but the Raptors will fall too. They, I don't see them winning more game winning games. I think I don't know what they did in the trade deadline. I also don't know what the Celtics did, but I just wanted to throw that there. I'm very interested to see how how they fall or rise. Um, talking about uh, Boston. They added Evan Fournier, who's a good addition for scoring, but they didn't really address many of their issues. Yeah, so it's really interesting to see where they fall or rise. I agree. They, I think they, their, big, their biggest issue was a four, and they didn't get any of that. So I don't know how you can... Their best players are perimeter guys. They have Kemba, they have Smart, now they have Fournier, and then you add Brown and Tatum. Tatum can play, can play the four, but I think they needed someone there to to play those final minutes because right now they are going to close games with probably Tristan Thompson or or Robert Williams or something like that or Grant Williams, but I don't like it. I honestly don't like it, and I like our chances going against them. I hope right. we go we go against them like four versus five or something like that. Yeah, Boston just they it's just weird that they didn't fix anything. And by the way, please, anybody listening, please do not Google Evan Fournier. Do not, do not Google Fournier. Why please. did you even bring that up? I oh was just gosh. gonna. Oh, Joe, I don't. Please that don't. Out. Please don't Google Fournier. Just Joe, edit that out. <laughs> nah, don't edit it out. Look, yes, yes, Fournier. no, no. <laughs> oh my god! You know how <laughs> many kids freak. probably listen to this? Joe's family, bro. Nah. Well, Freaky Flash, that's your new name from now on. <laughs> Fournier, and then click on images. No, don't don't listen to him, please. Jeez, bro. Go to church, man. Anyways. <laughs> I think I definitely think y'all should Google Fournier. No, oh Brian. My God. <laughs> Brian, stop. 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 Brian's with me. Anyways, Jake, are you with anyways, me? Anyways, anyways, <laughs> anyways, anyways. So is there anything else we should talk about regarding the Miami Heat and their players, guys? Uh, I didn't, I didn't answer the. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I didn't. I didn't answer the. That's a horrible image. <laughs> I just looked it up. Uh, Why would you? Oh <laughs> my god! See, yes. I'm not traumatized because I live in the real world, fellas and lady. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, so. I didn't answer the standings question, and honestly, this is a cop out. But I have no idea because it's still COVID season. So, for all I know, one team's whole squad gets COVID, and you know they follow the standings. I I never like standings predictions because I'm not psychic. I can't predict the future. I don't believe in psychics. Uh, so in general, you know, I think it's impossible to say what's going to happen. But I can say the Heat are going to be in the playoffs, and that's all that matters. You know, we we all basically know the at least the four or five teams that are probably going to be in there. You know, the Nets, Philly, uh, Bucks, Heat. Um, I don't know. Beyond that, eh, who cares? We're we're only focused on the second round, the Eastern Conference Finals, and the finals. Right. Did anyone else? Did anyone else want to give their input? Or I'll take that quiet silence as a no. 
So anyways, with that being said, I mean, yesterday was crazy. And I think I speak for a lot of Heat fans when I say I'm just glad this is all over. You know, I know the buyout market. We're going to hear a lot of stuff from there. But the fact that I I don't have to look at my phone anymore to hear that now Miami is interested in this guy or that guy and be like, oh, are we going to get him? Are we not? You know, I think I speak for a lot of Heat fans when I say I'm just relieved right now. So with that being said, is there anything else you guys feel like we should hit on or should we call this an episode? I just want to gloat that I called all the depot a long time ago. It was me. Screw you guys. I'm oh, kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. So a uh, great way to end it, Flash. Wait, wait, wait. I have one more thing. I have one more thing. This is a daily ritual now. Jim VP. Jim VP. Everyone Jim unmute VP. your mics now. Jim VP. Jim VP. <laughs> wow. Jim VP. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody Jim suck. But, um, you yeah. suck. Jim VP, though, for sure. But yeah, we've, Jim VP. we've been on here for over an hour now. Wow. You know, we brought up a lot of great points. And we're just going to see what this Heat team is about moving forward. So with that being said, to all those listening, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. I promise you this is going to be the last time in a while we'll do an episode and we talk this long about trades and all that. Next episode... We'll actually get into some more basketball. So with that being said, we'll see y'all next time. We out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.